Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It was the dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hugs. It's so funny because spending all those years in country music, uh, the way that people impersonate country music or impersonate country singers was always to put some kind of southern draw on whatever song they were singing. When, in fact, uh, you know, many people came from Texas, Oklahoma, California, Illinois, you name it. But there is word that the southern draw is disappearing Dr. Margaret Renwick is with us, Associate Professor of Linguistics at the University of Georgia. What is happening, Doctor? Why is it going away? Great question. Hey, great to be here. Um, So what is happening is we're seeing a generational decline in the use of some traditional Southern drawl features. And um, our recent study found that the Southern drawl in Georgia was at its strongest among baby boomers, so people who were born around the middle of the 20th century, and starting with Generation X, people who were born in the 60s and 70s, it's been declining ever since. So is this happening in other places in the U.S., like Boston? They have a pretty strong accent, Um, you know, Minnesota, or is this unique to the Southern accent? Great question. It's it's not unique to the Southern accent. Our study focused on Georgia, but within the South, um, this same kind of decline has also been found in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then outside of the South, you're right, it has been documented in Boston, um, also in Detroit. And some people right in Chicago have also looked at the, the changes in the Chicagoland accent. Um, and what is happening is young people, kids who are in college or who are a little bit older, are trending toward um, uh, what we call a pan-regional accent that shares characteristics with California English. Is there is there a thought put into it, or is it just happening naturally? Are, are these kids thinking, <laughs> I don't want to sound like my parents, I'm going to do everything I can to not sound like my parents, or is it just a natural progression because their world is much bigger now? Great question. Um, so what we say in our paper and what other people have argued is that migration patterns within the United States have changed the linguistic environment that young people are growing up in. So in Atlanta, for example, starting after World War II, um, there was an enormous amount of in-migration from other parts of the United States. And so that brought in people who didn't grow up in the South. Um, so that means that people who grew, grew up in the later years of the 20th century had a different linguistic environment around them. And it means they went to school with kids who didn't sound like their parents or grandparents. So who do you want to sound like? You want to sound like your friends. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't a Gen Z issue. This isn't recent. You're identifying as Gen Gen X, those born between 65 and 82, um, who are most responsible for this change. That's right. They started the change, um, and it gets stronger with each generation. So Gen Z kids don't sound like their parents who don't sound like their parents. What about social media? That has to have influence just because it exposes them to so much that, you know, might not have been introduced even 10, 15 years ago. 
That's a great point. So one thing to keep in mind is that the the kind of native accent that we're talking about is um, something that you you pick up very early in childhood. So kids learn language from their caregivers and their parents, their grandparents when they're really little. And then once they go to school, then their accent takes shape according to how their friends talk. And so that's probably before most kids would get into social media. Um, but certainly once people become teenagers today, there could be some signs of social media influence. Um, We know a little bit less about that, but what we think is these are patterns that are formed early in childhood. This is Dr. Margaret Renwick from the University of Chicago. We're talking about the Southern accent, the Southern drawl, so to speak, disappearing. So many times when I was traveling um, around the world, I haven't been around the whole world, but if you're in different countries, (laughs) it seems like they would impersonate Americans sounding like John Wayne, uh, or some kind of Texas accent or a Southern accent. That's how most people seem to have perceived us. And I always thought that to be funny. I don't know if that was their exposure to TV or maybe they were mocking us, but there has been some mockery made of the Southern drawl. And many times people associated it with people who might not be as educated as they perceive themselves to be. That's true. That's true. Um, and so... Um, Is that why kids got away we, from it? Because they thought, oh, my God, people are going to think that I'm I'm not very smart? Well, so just... Um, so our study didn't examine that. But anecdotally, people that I've talked to since this paper came out, a lot of them had, have said, um, yeah, my parents didn't want me to sound Southern or I decided I couldn't sound Southern in order to get ahead. So unfortunately, there are a lot of stereotypes that are tied to this way of speaking. And the Southern accent is really iconic. Um, and so some of the some of the pronunciations, some of the vowel sounds that are particularly Southern, like saying um, uh, fire as far, some of those are the very pronunciations that we're seeing a decline in. That's really interesting. But, and yeah, so what, but at the same time, there are words like y'all that are becoming much more acceptable. Y'all used to be totally incorrect English. Nobody would use it. And now it's creeping in everywhere. So, um, you know, what we're seeing is a change in what it means to be Southern and how you express yourself as a Southerner. It's so funny because people get so caught up in, I, I'm getting a text because I read a commercial right before you came on and they said, Lisa, yeah. Please stop saying caramel. It's caramel. No, it's whatever. You know, as long as you get the thought, we all have different regional accents as well. It's not just state, but, you know, it's regional. I would say state and I would say city because you're talking about the Southern draw, but then you're saying the Chicago accent. You know, it's um, I love your, your your research and what you do because it's it's never ending, I would imagine. It's never ending. Language change is a constant. We don't know what's going to happen to language, but we know it's going to change. And I've spent this whole interview trying to determine where you're from. (laughs) (laughs) Great question. So I am from um, north of the Mason-Dixon line and east of the Mississippi. I grew up in Ohio. You know what? It's so funny. I wish you would have asked me because that's exactly what I would have said. Um, I feel that um, Ohio people love to talk, and I think they have what is is accepted as the standard American accent. 
It is pretty standard. It doesn't have a lot of regional features to it. So that makes me boring at cocktail parties. But um, (laughs) (laughs) that's part of the reason why I do what I do. So um, what did you take away from when you, you know, put this all together and you you walked away from it? And what was your thought like, my gosh, this really is happening. I thought it might be happening. And now you have scientific proof that it is. Yeah, so we um, were really interested in what the peak of the southern accent might be in the state of Georgia. And we just looked at Georgia because that was the sample that we have since um, we are researchers in Georgia. Um, And we were surprised to see this really sharp drop off with Generation X and subsequent generations. Um, But what I take away from this is that the changes that are happening in Georgia and in Raleigh and in Detroit are part of a larger pattern that are due to movements of people around the U.S. that have been going on since World War II. Um, So this is just the the product of migration and economics affecting um, people's lives and who they know and who they want to hang out with. Is your work published? Can people go read the study? They sure can. Our work is published in a journal called Language Variation and Change, and the publication is open access, so anybody can read it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Lisa. I appreciate it. Dr. Margaret Renwick from the University of Georgia.